comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Do you know about the catfish? Where are you going with this? The catfish. The bottom feeder found in many I know of them, Yes. Have you ever had what one? What do you mean? Had one. Have you ever been right up close and tasted one? I'm not sure where you're going with this, counselor. I love a good catfish. Um... Especially when they're fried or sauteed. Oh, fried catfish. Cooked. I thought you were talking about... Wait a minute. I forgot my introduction. Recording and this is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is Abe. Hola. Out now is a film podcast with Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to our main film of the week, games, and other fun and stuff. And other fun stuff. This oh. is <laughs> this is this is episode one twenty six, one two six, one hundred and twenty six. I said it three times. And you add it up, it adds up to nine. That, that's true. <laughs> and this week, we were talking about the new film from director Ridley Scott and writer Cormac McCarthy, The Counselor, starring many people. Um, <laughs> and joining us to discuss The Counselor, we have, from Just Seen It, she is the writer slash director of the film currently in production, Bread and Butter. She also owns a baby cheetah, Liz Manishill. Me! <laughs> Also from Just Seen It, we have the man who has never said no to a bolo or a chance to don a 10-gallon hat. It's Sean, right? That's right. I have a cheetah print tattoo, actually. Awesome. Oh, that's very nice. Yes. Where? Everywhere. Well, <laughs> let's just say you can only see it when I'm having sex with a car. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Great, Sean. Now my, my uh, it's all just gross now. It's all just flooding back to you. <laughs> so, so gynecological here. <laughs> Man, this is going to play well to the people that haven't seen The Counselor yet. Anyway, let's move on to show notes here, a few announcement stuff. Um, hey, Abe, happy Halloween. Hey, Aaron, happy Halloween. This episode comes out the day before Halloween, and um, that said, happy Halloween to all the listeners. Hope you all have a happy and safe Halloween. And, you know, show us, give us some pictures. If you got some cool costumes, don't send us a few. Post- don't eat unwrapped candy. Yeah, that, that's always good, too. Not Almond Joys. Those are terrible. But besides that, it's all good. Um, but anyway, I'm sorry for people that love almond joys, but <laughs> yeah, um... in honor in honor of Halloween, uh, Abe and I we just released a special bonus episode. It should be up. It, it is up now at the time of this recording. It is a commentary for John Carpenter's Halloween. Yes. Uh, myself, a friend of the show, Brandon Peters, and Jim Dietz. Brandon, who has been writing nonstop articles every day of the month of October about the Halloween franchise, um, they all joined 
myself to discuss John Carpenter's Halloween. We do it in a commentary. The listeners, you guys seem to love our commentary, so, you know, we did it. We did a Halloween one, so there you go. That's up now. You can find that anywhere you can find our show. Um, let's see. What else here? Uh, oh, okay. Here it is. Some sad news. Uh, Abe, you want to you wanna, you wanna go into this one? Over the weekend, uh, one of the voice actors from The Simpsons, a long-running series, 26, uh, 26 seasons, uh, Marsha Wallace passed away at the old age of 70. Is that old nowadays? I'm no, that's sure. not old. My parents are 72. That's not old. Okay. So she passed away at age 70, and uh, with it, she takes along the voices of uh, Mrs. Krabappel. I'm sure, I don't know who else, but a plethora of other voices. And um, I'm, I'm curious to, to see how The Simpsons is going to handle this, especially the way that they handled the passing of Ned Flanders' voice actor's wife. Um, but uh, I'm very sad to hear this because I've grown up with The Simpsons. I'm sure that you guys have as well. I'm talking about you guys here on the podcast here, Aaron, yes. uh, Sean, and uh, Liz, as well as uh, many listeners. And it's uh, sad news this weekend. So, uh, you know, Aaron and A, we wish Marshall Wallace's family the best, and we hope that The Simpsons continues on um, uh, boldly. Thank you for that, Abe. Yes. Uh, moving on. Uh, let's see. iTunes reviews and ratings. It's good to get those. It helps out the show. Helps other people find the show. And at this time, we are um, having a kind of a, ra- a raffle. If you were to submit an iTunes review to our show, um, and you know, give us some kind of alert that you did that, uh, because we just don't know everyone's iTunes username automatically, uh, we will put your name into a raffle. Once we get a whole bunch of names, uh, we will pick out two names from that raffle, and I will send those two names a two-pack of Blu-rays. So. Uh, Ooh. Everyone wins in this. It's, Everybody wins, but, even the post service. Yeah, but, post office. <laughs> but yeah, it, it 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 does really help out the show. It'd be really cool for all of us to, you know, we like doing this, and it's you know nice to get other people to continue listening on. Hey, we got another announcement here. It's a cool one. Uh, friend of the show, Mark Hoban. It's his birthday today. What? That's right. Happy birthday, Mark. Happy birthday, Mark. Okay, that's enough of that. That was pretty fast, fun film review. Good one. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Uh, let's see. What else? Well, that's it. That's that's it for the announcement stuff. Let's move on. Let's get to the show, guys. Here we go. Okay. Woo. First up, we have no everybody. Each week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we try to ask each other a few questions, try to set the tone for the podcast, and better get to know everybody. We really see after we did our live show last week, which was a lot of fun. Where <laughs> no I, where, everybody. Where I where I revealed that when I take that pause after the last step, we should all say no everybody at the same time. <laughs> I really want to do that all the time now. <laughs> after playing along for two and a half years of nobody get, catching on to this idea, that's what I want to do. Um, but we'll save that for next week. <laughs> right now, um, let's uh, let's do this. Let's let's ask each other some questions. Abe, you want to start this one off? Absolutely. So, uh, Liz. Yeah. You have to go by one name for the rest of your life. What do you choose? Like it could be like the director or the I don't know liaison. So is this? Oh, okay. I get. I get your question. Can it be multiple <laughs> words? It can be multiple words, but it has to be very like it has to be almost like a pronoun and or just you know a regular noun. It can't be Liz. The oh no, that's pretentious. Um. Uh... <laughs> Oh, the God. queen bee. Everything I think of sounds like I'm an asshole. Um, uh, <laughs> what? Okay, the asshole. That's what I would like to be known as. Because I can't think of anything else. I like how like we'll probably well we'll see because I like how basically Liz says asshole the most adorably I've ever heard anyone say asshole. <laughs> We're gonna have to keep it in. Now we will. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, I ask like... questions, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, Aaron. Yes. 
if you were a camp counselor, mm -hmm. uh, what would your specialty be as in like arts and crafts or dance or various camp departments? Uh, whatever would get me involved in the zip lining portion of camping. <laughs> <laughs> whatever we yeah. can. That, that's, that, that sounds like that'd be fun to me. I, I'd enjoy doing things involving, hey, let's climb that tree and then zip line, do another one or something like that. that that's a thing. I did that in a camp, so I know I'm not completely far off by saying something like this. So you're experienced. Yeah, yeah. of course. You need experience, Abe. <laughs> hey, Sean. Yeah. What is your overly elaborate death trap setup? Ooh, overly elaborate. Um, that would involve a, a ping pong table. Okay. Um, uh, two cheetahs. Oh. And uh, some form of chocolate. Uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah, that would be it. All right, so Abe, yeah. in honor of uh, Halloween, if you were Jason Voorhees or, or another slasher of your choice, what would be your weapon of choice? Hmm, that's a good question. I'd probably go with a rake. Um, probably just because uh, it would take you a long time to actually hurt someone. But you could scratch up their face and or body. Depends on the like. brand of rake, of course, Abe. <laughs> this is true, yeah. I'm going with East Brand. We're going East with brand? East Brand. Not like yeah. an acne rake that like auto, auto <laughs> that like auto rakes or something. But there's like there's actually gonna be like a, a moment of levity in this part because if someone's trying to get away, I'm trying to rake them back in, but it just takes me a long time because right. it doesn't actually catch you know, I gotta catch like their sock and then it's slowly <laughs> Them in. I love that. Yeah. I love that scene in Godfather Three where he's like, every time they pull me back out, they I pull myself out, they rake me back in. It's just a great, <laughs> it's a great, it's a great yeah. line. Exactly. All right, Aaron. Yeah. You're super rich. You're super eccentric. You might deal drugs. I'm not sure yet. You dress in very fancy Tommy Bahama clothing. What animal? What exotic animal do you have as your pet? What exotic animal do I have as my pet? That's a great question. I love it. Let me let me think right now because man, I have so many options in this. Uh, you really do. Do they need to be like real animals? Like that? Like uh, they can they can be extinct because you know you're rich, right? So you can bolt the DNA and just yeah yeah recreate it. Yeah, uh, that's still mm, that didn't help as much as I wanted it to. Let me think. Narwhal, say narwhal. No, because that no, there's two. Like you can't like you don't walk up to like a you'd have to pull up in like a truck that's like full like has like a pool in the back and be like yeah guys look at Just this like I have a narwhal yeah exactly exactly like that's exactly what I was thinking pool in a truck, um, <laughs> you know I, I'd say something like a like a, like a like a really like a really big like sloth. What? <laughs> yeah, you know you just like we just hang out, you know. That that oh. is pretty cool. And he has like big tat, like big claws, because sloths have those. And there's just kind of yeah. like, hey, so, or a honey badger. Let's go with honey badger. Ooh, honey oh, badger. That's good. That's like because it's like it looks kind of like a sloth, so I'm still in that mindset. But it's still like you don't want to mess with that thing. I was just laughing because I loved how you uh, you described your sloth, and you're like, he's just like, hey. <laughs> yeah. What well, well, what did the cheetahs do at the counter? They're just also like, hey. <laughs> They're literally at the party with other people, just like. Yeah, like that was that was the cheetah's role in this movie. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Abe. Honey uh, badger. Okay. Got it. Liz. Yeah. Do you think Ridley Scott had a prime as a director, and when do you think that was? And I can I can narrow down kind of time because like he started out with Alien and Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh, there's like a whole section in there where 
you got Thelma and Louise, but you know, long, a lot of things happen. Then you get the Gladiator, like Black Hawk Down and Matchstick Man, Kingdom of Heaven, and then you kind of move on to like now, like Prometheus and the Counselor. Um, it, I don't mean to insult Mr. Scott, sir. So, um, I think forces have been working against him lately, uh, and I think he's had a he had a, I think he had a prime, but it was a very long prime, and I think he's past his prime now. Fair yeah. enough. That's the diplomatic way of saying it, right? That's very, you know. I just because I was thinking about this too. It's just like, hmm, like because he started out like I mean his first his well the Duelist is his first film, but like his, his Alien and Blade Runner are like legit classics, and, like, yeah, of and that's a that's a rough way to start out in the film world, I would say. <laughs> Sorry, so I was just trying to think like when was the last really great one, but I think maybe Gladiator was the last great one. I didn't see Kingdom of Heaven. Kingdom of Heaven director's cut is. Maybe I heard the director's cut is great. It's maybe top three Ridley Scott for me. It's, yeah, so wow. then it's like you can't cut it off after King. You know, you can't cut it off. After Honestly, I, I, Gladiator I think is a good movie that's made better because everyone's trying so hard. Yeah, I like Gladiator, but I only saw it once. <laughs> um, Abe. Yeah. Um, when you're in a haunted house, would you rather be the scarer or the scary? I'd rather be the scarer. Just because it's almost like in Left 4 Dead. You know, you can choose to creep up on people and then you pounce. Uh, whereas, like, the scary, I mean, they just take ridiculous photos of you and they put it on the internet. So, <laughs> you've, like... seen those, you've seen those photos, yeah? No. Like, oh, well, I'll have to show note them. They're just a group of... It's it's this car that's coming at you, and then they just take flash photography, and these guys just look ridiculous. Please, yeah, please send me whatever link that is, like so put it in the yeah. show. So that said, I I like how you're you're not a terrifying person at all. So I'd be I'd like I'd be curious to see what kind of things you'd have to do to make yourself terrifying. I, I, all it says, hello, <laughs> <laughs> hello, hey guys, who's ready for the show? Hello, <laughs> isn't me you're looking for? That's what I wanted. <laughs> Sculpting. See, we're not even doing this live this week. And that classic <laughs> Abe chemistry that me and him share. I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> All right, moving on. Yeah, I think uh, I'm all out of questions. Who still has a question? Sean has another question. Oh, I got a question. I'm not sure. Oh, sorry. I, who I'll pose it to. I meant, yeah. I pose to the... Ask the crowd. That's how we yeah. do this. Everyone. That's how we deal with this. This okay. That's good because this is a pretty simple question. Cool. Pumpkin pie or sweet potato pie? Um, pumpkin pie, and hands Ooh. down. I'll okay. say pumpkin pie as well. I've never had sweet potato, but pumpkin pie. All right, then. Sweet potato pie is good. My grandmother makes some great – she makes great pies in general. She makes good sweet potato pie, though. <laughs> makes me want to get a piece of sweet potato pie right now. Actually, I'm going to go – could I go find that? Where's, I'm going to go to McDonald's and get a pumpkin pie right where's, now. Where's the Cocos? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Anyway, that's how you play. No, no everybody. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Were we going in unison there? I'm not sure. I was trying to. I was going to see oh, if it worked. I was going to see if it worked. <laughs> when we'll they smooth, see, when we'll they Abe, it's only been two and a half years. We'll smooth out this process. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out later. <laughs> well, we'll smooth out the saying things in unison despite not being in the same room properly. We're going to try to jump in next time. So if you pause, we'll just try to guess what you're going to say next. All right. Okay. I'll, take, I'll, I'll make a mental note to take more long pauses to make yeah. it seem like we all need to say something at the same time. Yes. Anyway, our next segment, we have Movie Trailer Talk. Each week we discuss some of the latest movie trailers and what we thought of them and when they're coming out and what have you. And we have we have two big ones right here. The first one up, we have Nonstop. This is another film in which Liam Neeson much saved the day. This time he plays an air marshal who is forced to deal with some kind of terrorist slash hijacker that's on an international flight and seems to be framing him for being the one that's hijacking said plane. 
It's from the director of Un- was it Unknown? Right? Is that the other Liam Neeson movie? Yes, Unknown. Unknown. House of Wax too, I believe. House of Wax and Orphan. Speaking of Halloween, uh, but yeah, so I, apparently Liam Neeson is like, let's make another one, guy, and they did that, and so here we go. Uh, let's start with Sean. Sean, what did you think of the trailer for Nonstop? I'm just wondering how bad the in-flight meal was that uh, all this ruckus <laughs> had to break out. Uh, you got, you got, I guess you got a bomb. You got um, people getting killed off every 20 minutes. Uh, and, you know, I, I haven't seen uh, Unknown. I haven't actually even seen the Taken movies. Really? But, uh, I haven't. But I, really? For such a fan of action movies. Actually. I know, right? I, I probably should check those out, and I will soon. Like, the first Taken's probably at FX right now. Like, you could probably, probably watch it. <laughs> it probably is on. FX. Um, I like Liam Neeson. You know, maybe it could be okay. Uh, I just think that I watched the trailer and I thought Julianne Moore did it. No, that's what I was going to say. Okay. <laughs> and I I don't know if you guys watch The Mindy Project. We watch it, not I because do. it's good. but because Oh, Aaron and I have discussed it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I wonder if you, you all fall on the same side of the coin. It's, it's not a great show, but you're compelled to watch it because you think it might get better. Yes, and yeah. I, I am happy that this season doesn't rely on most of the episodes ending in some kind of big brawl, although last week's kind of did, actually, <laughs> I come to think of it. <laughs> well, but like Mindy Project, when they have text messages, there's always that bloop on the screen that's like, look, here's my text message, and it's interactive, and the audience can see what I'm writing. Yep. And they were doing that in the trailer of this, <laughs> yep. and it just felt so false. It was like, I don't care. I don't need to see your text message. And it reminded me of Mindy Project. Abe? He's also got great reception on that airplane, but I guess it's coming <laughs> yeah. outside the plane. He's, he's an air marshal, so they have they have like right. the, they have, right. they Special. are they had the five S for like six months in advance. I'm just wondering <laughs> if that's what's actually nonstop. It's just nonstop text messages. But it's totally Julian Moore, right? <laughs> we'll find it's, out. It's something, yeah. I mean, she she's got this weird look on her face. Plus, she's got she's a redhead. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts, Abe? <laughs> Uh, similarly enough, I, I also thought of a different show with the text messaging on the screen. I thought of Sherlock, the BBC version, where you yeah. know Sherlock is texting and everything just pops up on the screen. Uh, I also thought that he texted really fast for a person who's almost seventy um, in terms of writing. This is a secured line. Who is this? Um, anyhow, uh, Liam Neeson is one for one in airplane movies with me, so I'm excited to see this film. It's true, um, very true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, everything that he's been doing lately is either just, like, ridiculous action or, you know, somewhat, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm liking this turn of Liam Neeson in his, his older st- his, his statesman. Twilight action years. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, if he's going to go in directing next, I can't, can't wait for, you know, him to say, get off my lawn. So, yeah, <laughs> let's see it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean... I, I've been in, I have been enjoying Liam Neeson in this kind of like his late career period becoming such an action star. But that said, I mean Abe and I both love The Gray. It was I believe on both of our top ten lists last year. Yes, it was. Um, and but this one, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of Unknown. I thought it was quite ridiculous actually. And this one looks to be that way as well. I'll probably see it because it is Liam Neeson doing stuff. But this trailer did show a lot. So I mean, I feel like I gotta. <laughs> Got a good yes, pulse on what's... the whole movie. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I feel like I saw the last action beat in the movie, in the trailer. <laughs> but, I mean, we'll see. I mean, not... I mean, it has, like, amazing female actresses in it, which I was really excited by. Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey. Mary from Downton Abbey. And um, the girl from 12 Years a Slave, Lupita yeah, Nyong'o. Lupita yeah. Nyong'o, who will likely get an Academy Award nomination. Uh, let alone Corey Stoll, who I know Abe is a big Corey fan Stoll. of. Corey Stoll. As well as myself. 
there's a lot of people in this movie, so yeah. He doesn't like Aaron, Hemingway. Anson Mount. Anson Mount. Hell on Wheels, Anson Mount. That's right. <laughs> All the boys love Mandy Lane's Anson Mount. But uh, anyway, uh, this February, catch not stop, I guess, on February 28th, when the film comes. That seems like it's probably Oscar or Super Bowl weekend, one of those. So. Mm. Um, all right, next up we have Need for Speed. This is a film based on the video game, the popular video game series that has no real story associated with it, as far as, I've, as, far as I know. Uh, but it does star Breaking Bad's Aaron Paul as some kind of super fast driving guy who's done <laughs> crime in his past. I think that's probably what's described as in the pitch to Aaron Paul. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's what this movie is. Looks like there's a lot of elaborate car chases. Who, who directed this movie? Uh, the guy that did Active Valor. I knew it was something. Uh. So the person, the director of Active Valor. So uh. at least he knows how to handle action sequences, <laughs> I guess. With that said, Liz, obviously you feel strongly about this trailer already. What do you think of the trailer for Need for Speed? Um, I think the issue is that Aaron Paul's trying to diff, you know, distance himself from Magnet's bitch, and and there's lots of things that Aaron Paul is just trying to be different. But when you see Aaron Paul in slow motion making, you know, hot, sexy eyes towards a female actress, it feels very silly. Imaging poots. Yeah, it doesn't feel real. It, it, I, I don't think he'll translate well as an action hero because people will just expect him to be a screw up and cry because he's really good at crying. So I was bothered by this trailer. Mm. What do you think, Sean? You? I actually don't. I think my theory is this is a sequel to Breaking Bad. <laughs> uh, but last we because saw, he was driving, last we saw right. Jesse Pinkman, he was driving off into the sunset. <laughs> Spoilers. I think he's right back on. That's great. And uh, he's probably out there, you know, he's being chased by the cops because he's cooking so much meth. So uh, I don't think he's distancing himself at all. He's just jumping right back into the Breaking Bad uh, bandwagon. Ah. Abe? Yo? Uh, it's a weird trailer. <laughs> Yo? <laughs> it's a weird trailer just because, uh, again, it's one of those things where you don't know if it's actually following any storyline. It just takes the name of a property. Um, I, I did like the the car driving sequences. They look pretty clean and like you know pretty ferocious. But everything in between, where it's slow motion, Aaron Paul just yelling and or like no, and you know car crashes and whatever else. Uh, that that stuff really didn't appeal. But I'm curious to see where it goes. I, I I don't think that I'm super excited to see it, except for just car racing. But I I bet you that I've seen the majority of the car racing in this trailer. I would heavily doubt that. Uh, because it's two minutes. Um, but... Put my standards low. Put my standards low. I, I mean, you're saying that you've seen all of the card racing in a two-minute trailer. It's, I, I just hope that this. It's weird to me that there's a teaser trailer for Need for Speed, as if it's a movie we need to anticipate. But um, video game movies at this point do nothing for me in terms of excitement. I'll maybe see it, and I'll like maybe not hate it as much as I hated the last one. So. You, you've got me there just because, yeah, the car chases do look clean, and if there's something a movie based on a video game needs to have, it's a proper representation of said game. Something like Max Payne, a game focused on a guy with two guns shooting people that actually had no action in the movie, which is surprising <laughs> to me, failed. Um, but Need for Speed has so far convinced me that there actually will be car chases and a Need for Speed. So that you got me there. Whether or not the movie will be good, no idea. I like Aaron Paul. I'm glad that he accepted the giant check that he got to get to this movie, as opposed to, <laughs> as opposed to using something worth something more. Um, 
But, you know, we'll see, I guess. Need for Speed opens March 14th, 2014. So that's out of the way, yo. Um, <laughs> Fast and Furious 8. Hey, 7's next year. Well, I think uh, this is Fast and Furious 8. It's a prequel that happens <laughs> to be the 8th. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that in mind, let's move on to our main review for The Counselor. I have something to discuss with you, and I'm a bit scared. If you pursue this road, you will eventually come to moral decisions that will take you completely by surprise. What do you think I should do? I don't know, Counselor. Switch off the engine! They're not cops. It's gonna be all right. Are you superstitious? How bad is it? Let's say pretty bad. And then multiply it by ten. All right, so that should have been some of the trailer for The Counselor. This is the new film from director Ridley Scott, which combines the forces of his atmospheric nature with the analyzer of the darker sides of humanity, Cormac McCarthy. Together, they have made a tale surrounding what happens when a counselor, played by Michael Fassbender, gets in over his head as he involves himself in a scheme to make money off some business involving the drug cartels. The film also stars Javier Bardem, Brad Pitt, Penelope Cruz, Cameron Diaz, and a host of others. Liz, did you lose your head over this film? I, um, okay. <laughs> I had some problems with this film, but I did actually enjoy the script by Cormac McCarthy. I thought the dialogue was fun and very, lit. you know, I was very complicated and clever and, you know, funny. Um, I'm not putting this well here. I think the film suffers from definite miscasting of the major roles uh, and I did think the directing choices were a little too flamboyant for my taste. So the combination of those three elements made it uh, pretty hard to sit through for me. But uh, if I close my eyes, I can enjoy the film very well. <laughs> Sean? Uh, well, I, I, it's, I think it's a strange case where I thought the writing was actually good, but the script was bad. Mm, uh, if that I makes any that. sense. I see, what, yeah. I see what you mean. I, I get that. Because the like, if you took I, what I felt is if you took any individual scene out of the movie and just looked at it as a scene, and maybe you were in a scene study class and submitted that as an assignment, you get an A plus. But putting like a hundred of those together in this movie, they just kind of seemed like vignettes, and they didn't piece together very well. And most of the time, I was just lost, and I I just kind of lost interest after. But a I while. think I think that was a point. I mean. The, the script is very evasive in terms of what the scam was that the counselor signed up for specifically. And the script, it didn't hold your hand through specific events. I mean, I think that they were trying to float on a storyline instead of really get you involved in a storyline. They were trying to stay ahead of you. They were trying to keep things complicated so you had to guess them. But eventually I, I was just like, well, I'm beyond the point where I care anymore about keeping up with this movie. Because the casting – yeah. <laughs> Abe, your thoughts? Uh, I, I basically agree with Sean there about the uh, you know the script is intelligent enough, but it's really a bad script. I mean, I mean, like the writing is is there, but the, the script is bad. And for the most part, uh, I really didn't like this film all that much, primarily because everyone has something so deep to say. Everybody has something so deep to say that it it actually takes me a while to. If, if this was a book, I would love to reread what they said so I can understand fully. You know what's going to happen next, and all the characters become uh, almost uh, uh, unused to some extent because there's so many of them, and there's all, all these weird throwaway scenes in which characters or you know larger name movie stars and or TV stars 
show up for really no reason um, other than just to say, hey, look, this is how bad drug trades are in the U.S. Uh, across Mexico. Um, and I, I honestly thought that the film was actually going to end at one part, and I thought that that was, uh, you know, a good way to end it. It's when Mike Fassbender is getting some advice from some attorney, and um, uh, he's, you know, emotional over the phone. And then I was like, oh, you know, this is interesting. This is uh, gives me a lot to think about after the film. And then it goes on for like another 25, 30 minutes. I'm like, dude, no, just end. This is the most boring, like, section of this film. And I'm not a big Cameron Diaz fan. I know that we have a question like that later. Uh, so I was not super enthralled with their performance. I was just like, oh, my goodness. Like, just stop it. Like, your sexy, cool voice is really bugging me a lot. So I'm not a huge – I wasn't big on this movie. I can I can start with that, right? I mean, I will say this is a bad movie. I'll just say that right up front. But um, I did think – that because Cameron Diaz is an actress I tend to defend. I, I think I, – I don't know why she gets certain hate that she does, but I do think this movie does not help my argument because she's awful in this movie. Yes. Um, <laughs> she certainly delivers lines, but I don't know if – like. She's in a Ridley Scott movie like this. I mean, obviously, you know, people think people in Hollywood think she's talented enough to be in these kind of roles. But this one did not work at all. Every line reading she had just felt like really awkward. I don't know if that's a fault of the director or her or like people just not looking at dailies. But like everything looked bad about like what she was trying with the exception of one pivotal scene. <laughs> but um, I mean, <laughs> every time like she like I can tolerate people's talking in a very specific way, like very stylistic language, which is obviously something that Cormac McCarthy brings to the table. But mm-hmm. people have to handle that dialogue well. And it's why like something someone like the Coen brothers and I'm going to bring up No Country for Old Men right now yes. because not only did I just watch it but it obviously has a lot that ties into this movie so you know easily a callback right there but like the Coens very much choose actors that fit the roles perfectly and they rehearse lots of people and they mm-hmm. have a lot involved in these processes of bringing the right people to these roles Cameron Diaz just feel it feels like she like she just like there was some kind of obligation to bring her into this movie and it just doesn't work at all you like it because it reminds you of somewhere else that's not why I like it. I like it for itself. It doesn't have to be like something else. No. Do I remind you of someone else? Yes, you do. Someone you miss? Someone who is dead. I don't think I miss things. I think to miss something is to hope that it will come back. But it's not coming back. You don't think that's a bit cold? I think truth has no temperature. But I've seen her play this kind of like she plays the villainous type character here. I don't know. I don't think that's a spoiler because everyone you can't not know she's evil in this movie. Like there's no way to no way to disguise that fact that she's like up to no good. And so <laughs> she oh, my God, it's frustrating to talk about her. She, <laughs> But she's but she's done this before. She did it in Any Given Sunday, Oliver Stone's movie. Not a great movie, but I thought she was really good in that movie for the part that she had to play. I'd say the same about Vanilla Sky. I think she works in that role quite well of kind of this person who's beautiful but you can't trust in any means whatsoever. That's all I'm going to say about Cameron Diaz. The rest of this movie, <laughs> we'll get back to her if we need to. The rest of this movie, it's built up on like so many like individual scenes that work really well, but a lot of them that don't even involve dialogue whatsoever. Which is, but I mean, it helps that Cormac, Cormac McCarthy wrote this movie. Like he didn't, he didn't. It's not like a book that he made that was turned right, into. A movie. He it's wrote this screenplay, which was intriguing to me. 
that said, I think, Abe, you brought this up. It actually probably would work better as a book where you yeah. wouldn't have to associate people with it automatically. You just have your – you build it up in your own mind of how this is supposed to play out. But as it does in this movie, it just doesn't work well. It doesn't – it feels like things are just off. It feels like every decision that Ridley Scott could have made or, you know, whatever pe- – not even the crew. I mean it's a solid-looking production for what, what, you, what you need for this. But, I mean, decisions made in this movie feel like they're off from what could have been intended by – other filmmakers that knew how to handle this material more appropriately. I'll stop for now. <laughs> I have so much to say. I don't know where to start. No <laughs> I mean, I think we're all in agreement, but I, I, I'm going to stick with defending the script because I know we're all saying that the dialogue's clever, but I do think the script is clever. And I do think if we had a better cast and we had a restrained director who wasn't trying to make a point out of every scene and just planted the camera and just let the scene play out and didn't use it an abundant, what I assume to be in just an insane budget for every shot. And then only stay on that shot for half a second. Sorry. It just, it frustrated me. I watched this film and I thought it was a waste of resources because with this budget and with this material, you have gotten, talent that match just like you were saying Aaron you could have right. got a, a proper connection between the character and the actor I do think it could have worked as, as a movie if it just were married in, in the right way and unfortunately I think Michael Fassbender is a fantastic fantastic actor and we he, know people on this show know that I love Michael Fassbender <laughs> and his penis he's amazing but at the same time he, even though he acted the hell out of this role I don't think he was right and that, of course, that goes for Cameron Diaz. And I couldn't understand Javier Bardem. And it just goes on and on. Like, why was John Leguizamo in it? It's just the very right. yeah. weird decisions were made just yeah. for the hell of it. Well, there's, a, there's no one scene cameos, which is really str- – I mean, the, the whole thing about maybe it did look good on paper, but when you get it up on film, it's like Ruben Blades has a scene, Bruno Ganz has a scene, Dean Norris and John Leguizamo have a right. scene, Toby Kebbell has a scene. And all these scenes just feel like they have absolutely nothing to do with the plot. Or maybe they do. Sometimes I can't even tell. The Toby Kebbell scene, I, was, I had no idea what it had to do with the plot whatsoever. Nope. So it's just, it just kind of feels like, who's this character? What do they want? What are they doing here? They just, they're just popping in and out all, all, all over the place. And it's just kind of a big mess. Well, my, my, I mean, beyond, I, I'm putting a lot of hate on Cameron Diaz, which I really don't want to. But, I mean, <laughs> the, what, it, what it doesn't help is that along with her character. Most of the characters here are all shallow. None of these characters... I mean, they're also not very likable, any of them, but none of them have much characterization. They're just kind of archetypes, almost. I mean, Fassbender... He's try. He's certainly putting his damnedest into this. He's put, but like you know, like you literally don't even know his name. He's called the counselor. Like there's nothing okay. to this person. And what doesn't exactly. help is that his character's an idiot, and like he literally is an idiot. Like he, everyone's telling him not to do this thing, and he does it anyway. So it's hard for me to like sympathize with him. And then he gets into some trouble, and the film has this kind of level of inevitability to it that doesn't make me really enjoy where it's going. Like I know it's. It's Cormac McCarthy, so it's obviously going to go into the darker sides of humanity. That's what he does in movies and his books and his writings. But there's, like, having just watched, like, No Country for Old Men, that, like, characters in there matter to me. And I get what's going on there, and I understand this story, and I know that people are doomed in it, but I'm compelled to watch it anyway. This is just more like a, like a chore. Like, I'm like, all right, like, we got to get to where this is going now because Fassbender made, decided to make the wrong choice anyway, and now we got to see how everything in his life turns to like it's just not it's not handled well 
and it does, and I, I can't like get behind anybody in this film because the movie doesn't like bother to give me any reason to, and that yep. doesn't help me. Yeah, we're throwing a lot of uh, negative energy around, and I, I do want to say that I actually really liked Brad Pitt in this movie. You seem unsettled. I'm all right. If you're not in, you need to tell me. Why? Because you don't know someone until you know what they want. I can't advise your counsel. But you are advising me. I just need you to be sure that you're locked in. Because I don't know. Maybe I should tell you what Mickey Rourke told What's-His-Face. That's my recommendation anyway, counselor. Don't do it. This arson is a serious crime. Yeah. And so is this. I, I, yeah. I did like, you know... I think Bardem's great that... in this movie. I think Javier Bardem's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I think so, too. It's just that he had, like, really... <laughs> the character choices are weird, but... Um, He's a weird I, I like guy. Look was, at his hair. Yeah. <laughs> I was rooting for Brad Pitt a lot, and I was like, dude, I hope he gets away. And then uh, I really didn't like the ending at all, which is just to say, hey, look, you're already in this because you're talking to me, and now... Like, you're going to be next or whatever. I don't know. I just felt like, oh, it's a cycle. It's a vicious cycle, and I get that. But you have to point it out by saying, literally calling this dude Goran Vizhnik the banker. And it's like, part two, the banker. What are his, you know, what are his, like, stupid trials up to? And also, like, the... uh, the New Mexico woman and everything else. It's like, this is, this is ridiculous. Well, it doesn't like, help us, if you're going to end the, if you're going to end the film in a pivotal conversation, don't put the, the, you know, the, the actor that you least like in that position to do delivering those lines. <laughs> <laughs> Just take the money. No, I, I'll give, I, I'll be the slight defender of Cameron Diaz. Slightly, yeah. slightly. I do. Don't do it, Sean. Don't do it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I, yes, her line readings were bad, and that didn't help me, but I do kind of wonder who would be able to pull off the role because it is a really weird role where Anyone. she's got cheetah tattoos <laughs> and, and pet cheetahs. Jessica Chastain. Well, but her character is like the most over-the-top and weird and strange, and I, I kind of blame part of that on Ridley Scott. I, yeah. I, I think any actress would kind of seem out of place in that role in this movie. Angelina Jolie was supposed to play this role originally, actually. Oh, yeah. she would have been I, great. I could would've have seen I could have easily yeah. seen that, actually. And I think also when you were talking about, you know, cheap characterizations of these characters of God, I can't say characters twice, cheap characterizations of the oh people. Well, <laughs> thank you. Um, these are these directing decisions are not helping it along, just like you were alluding to. I mean, you look at Penelope Cruz's character and she, like the, the female characters in this movie are the, are the Madonna or the whore. And you look at Penelope Cruz's character and they put her in white. And every single yeah, yeah. in white. It's like, oh, God, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. And it's yeah. like, that's a directing decision. And you're just hand feeding us now at this point. What's weird is like the my favorite scenes, and I do think there are a lot of good. Like I don't hate this movie. I just it, it's disappointing because there's so many talented people making basically a dull movie. But there are like great sequences in this movie. Yeah. And I said many of them are ones that don't involve dialogue. There's one that involves this elaborate death trap, that regardless of like how it would work in real life, the movie logic of the of what the, the scene I'm shown like. I like the visual communication there. I like how it sets things up, and I like the payoff. It's outlandish. It's wild, but it's something that's like fun in a movie to see. Like I haven't seen that before. That was neat to me. <laughs> There's another scene that involves what do you do when a truck has bullet holes in it and you're trying to drive it somewhere, and it's a whole yeah. process scene. And there's a lot of scenes like that process where you see like, and that's something Ridley Scott excels at in movies. He knows how to show these scenes of process where you don't necessarily need to see these type of scenes, but it sets a certain mood. And I I didn't need this movie to be. Was like just over two hours, but 
that said, I did like some of those like kind of smaller scenes that get a thing going across. Like traffic is another callback for me because that movie has Absolutely. plays along with the same type of things where he's just and that also has a lot of kind of bit players pop like talented actors playing like very small roles for like minute scenes but like they they work in that film they work here but in it doesn't add up to like a whole thing that i really cared about or felt anything towards that was more positive to say honestly i think if if, uh, if tony scott were directing this and unfortunately he's not with us anymore but it'd just be michael fassbender at the end of it just He's in his suit. He's got sunglasses on. He's got a bazooka. He's just going to kill everybody who killed his wife. <laughs> and that's just that's the movie. And that'd be amazing. <laughs> but there's no payoff like that at all. I mean, yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do? You it's interesting you bring that up because, time. like, this movie, like, Scott was screwly. Scott was making this when his brother committed suicide, which is a horrible uh, thing. And it's you almost have to wonder, like, how that affected his process for directing this film, like how to how to put it out eventually. And given that this deals with such dark material and people doing crazy and dark things, and like how his own personal life is tied into this, let alone the works of McCarthy, well, the way McCarthy's mind works, uh, since right. you know he's dealing with these kind of the- these dark thematic subjects often in his his writings. Right, there's like a nihilistic point of view that's like you can't change, you can't you can't get out of a dark circumstance, and it's like. Tony Scott, you know, I think he probably suffered from Great Depression, but he was also really sick. And so it's like being able to do anything about his brother's illness. I, I Let's hope that that's the reason why the film suffered. And it's not that Ridley Scott is just completely out of touch these days. Mm. Possible. I would argue, though, that The Road, which is a, another great Carmack McCarthy book, actually does kind of end in a slight uh, glimmer of hope. Yeah, it's a uh, <laughs> it's a small one, but it's there. So I mean, Cormac McCarthy's not just uh, completely nihilistic. I don't think. I mean, this is coming after you know scenes of the babies on a pike. I mean, it, it's right. there's, there's it's not, there's a lot of dark stuff in the road. Sure. So so <laughs> but if I know you, I, I know what you mean though. If I mean, you just roll credits, it's a it's an uplifting finale in comparison. <laughs> to <the people>. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's my here's my final thought on this film. Okay. And there's a there's a scene where uh, Michael Fassbender is talking with Javier Bardem, and they're talking about this weird car thing. And then uh, Michael Fassbender says, "What are you trying to tell me?" And Javier Bardem says, "Nothing." And that's basically the entire <laughs> like that's how I view this film. It's like there's nothing in this that that intrigues me at all. No. And Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz, even though they're married, don't I don't think they have a scene together, do they? Are they married? They are. Yeah. They are married. Oh. I don't, no, uh, they do not have a scene together. I they don't. That. Yeah. So if Angelina Jolie was in it, we'd have two married couples, which would have been interesting. But they wouldn't have shared a scene together either, I don't think. Hmm. Here's a fun thing about No Country. Tommy Lee Jones, Josh Brolin, and Javier Bardem share no scenes together. Just think about that for a second. Uh, Interesting. They're in scenes together, but they don't share any screen time with each other whatsoever. Anyway, let's move on. Let's get to our rating of the film each week and on Out There. We try to rate movies based on when you should go and see them. Thankfully, The Counselor is not in 3D, just saying. Um, <laughs> our rating scale goes from IMAX to theater, dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. On that scale, who do we, uh, Liz, how would we rate the movie? Um, read the script and forget about the movie. Sean? Uh, I almost want to say TV, but I think you'll be even more bored if you watch it on TV. But then again, maybe you won't pay attention. Uh, I'll, I'll say TV. Abe? Yeah, I'm kind of there too. I, I mean, there's some merit to it, but uh, there's, I mean, as a whole, it's not really anything. So I'd say TV as well. 
Yeah, I'd give it a nice HBO. There you go. Watch it in HD, uncut. There you go. Uh, disappointing. Very. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I think that many talented people have come together to make this kind of movie. I, it's been a, I, last thing I can really think of is uh, movie forty three, of course. Obviously. Movie forty three. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah. No, like like the all the Kingsman remake or something. There you like go. That's a good idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah. All right. Well, let's do a little callback. Callback, callback, callback. This is where we bring up a few films that may have related in some way to the feature of the week that we thought of during or after said movie. Uh, you guys have any uh, movies you thought of, Liz? Oh, I need to think. I Come back to me. All right, Sean. Uh, well, I think everybody's going to say No Country for Old Men. So um, I, I just as kind of something off the beaten path, um, Three Burials of Melchiatus Estrada. It's a great movie. Which is a border, another border town thing, and then Tommy Lee Jones has some connections with Cormac McCarthy because he was in No Country for Old Men, and then he directed that HBO movie um, that I can't remember the title of, but Cormac McCarthy wrote the play and the screenplay for that. So you know, something kind of just a little bit off the beaten path. Abe, uh, tons of drug movies about Mexico. Like the, we've already named a lot of them: uh, Traffic, you know, uh, uh, No Country for Old. And um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, those are the ones I thought of when I was watching this movie. I had um, No Country, I already mentioned. Uh, Michael Clayton came to mind. Oh. Um, I mentioned Traffic. Uh, Killing Them Softly uh, oh, yeah, was yeah. an easy call for me. That's one I kept I, thinking about yeah. because that I think they're also very similar movies in that you don't get a whole lot of characterization necessarily, but that movie's... I was I was immediate, I was liking that movie so much more and, and just what it was doing and just the it's kind of it's very dark and it's it has kind of a nihilistic street. It also has a whole lot of non subtext in there, but I really like that movie and I really dislike this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually thought about that afterward too, and I was thinking to myself, you know, Brad Pitt basically succinctly sums up the entire film in his last few scenes, and in this one, there. For killing them softly, and then for the counselors, it's like I have know what the hell is going on, man. Do you think of anything, Liz? I guess I just was thinking of movies that the actors were better in, you know, like Shame or yeah. Vanilla Sky, even and Prometheus. Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Michael Fassbender was much better in Prometheus. He was pretty than he good was in Prometheus. <laughs> Yeah, that's. Uh, but I didn't really think a lot of other movies. I just thought of wanting this one to end. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Paris, Texas, Texas Killing Fields. I don't know. I'm just no, making stuff up. Cancer, now. Texas. I like that one. Okay. No Happy, one Texas. Happy Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Texas. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's get to our plug here. It's time. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com/slash/outnowpodcast. There are over. 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 device. For you, the listeners of Out Now, Theron and Abe, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with the free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And I have a book to recommend this week. It is called Blood Meridian, and it's by Cormac McCarthy. Woo! Blood Meridian is widely recognized as the masterpiece of Pulitzer Prize-winning novelist Cormac McCarthy. It is a historical epic, a compelling reinterpretation of the Western and one of the great American novels of the 20th century. It tells the story of a teenage runaway only as the kid who falls in with a group of notorious outlaws, the, Glan- the Glanton Gang. Violent, direct, and extraordinarily powerful, the novel traces the destiny of the kid as he falls further and further from grace and into the clutches of the mysterious and demonic Judge Holden. This would be a very dark but good movie if the right people handled it by the way um mm. i've read it it's a, it's, it's a dark one but um, yeah you could download this book 
for free today if you go to audibletrial.com slash podcast or any other books there. And you could sign up. You could get that book. You could keep that book forever. doesn't even matter if you hang on to the service or not. You get to keep that book. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash podcast. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah, that's all I had to say <laughs> about that. You can keep that book as long as you have batteries. Keep the book. Keep the book. All right. Let's do a little out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we read some of the many, many answers that we received this week from our Facebook and Twitter page where we ask our listeners some questions. They provide some answers. Sean and Liz, feel free to answer your questions as well, uh, these questions as well, if you have any answers that spring to mind. Yeah. So we asked a lot of Halloween-related questions, and the first question is, uh, what is everyone being for Halloween? Matt writes, J.P. Pruitt. That is the hand model from Zoolander. <laughs> yeah. mm. uh, he was on the show last week, too. Um, Mike writes, Rick Grimes. Corey writes, Scarecrow from Batman Begins. Jason writes, actually, now I'm going as Sean from Shaun of the Dead. I think he had a couple things he was going to be, and then he decided on that. <laughs> and Philip writes, a couch weight. Huh. Um, and Izzy writes, blank man. Blank man. <laughs> That's a movie. Um, let's see. Here we go. What's the best worst costume you had back in elementary school days? We have a, just one answer, but a lengthy one from Linda. The costume when I was a kid were mostly pretty funky, i.e. store-bought with plastic masks that you couldn't see or breathe out of. The worst was one year I wore one of these Popeye one of, wore one of these as Popeye and my little sister was olive oil. The best one was the year when my mom improvised and I was a witch and my sister was my black cat. Oh, Pretty cool. Uh, we then asked, uh, what's your favorite movie about a good person making really terrible choices? Mike writes, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. <laughs> Which is a good movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, Mike also writes Lou from Hot Tub Time Machine. What terrible uh, choices were made there? <laughs> Scott, friend of the show, Scott Mendelson writes A Simple Plan. That's the correct answer. <laughs> uh, Philip writes Bottle Rocket. Uh, Bob writes No Research, but the first thing I thought of was Chronicle. Um, right. Linda writes <laughs> Linda writes I wouldn't call it one of my top favorites, but Diane Keaton in Looking for Mr. Goodbar. Mm. I've never seen that. Mm. I feel like I should have seen that by now. <laughs> so here we go. I, myself, me, Aaron, I tend to stand up for Cameron Diaz, as I brought up before. What are people's favorite Cameron Diaz movies? Scott put, and I agree with this, best film being John Malkovich, best performance, Vanilla Sky. Um, Adam put Shrek. Jeanette has, this is difficult, I like so many of them, but probably Gangs of New York is my favorite. I certainly don't understand the dislike for her either, unless haters are just jealous of her. I also like the Something About Mary. Uh, something About Mary is going to come again, but I'm going to say it right now. There's Something About Mary is a movie I love. I, I think that's a great comedy, and it's one of the ones where I, when people ask one of my favorite comedies, it comes up in my mind quite quickly, among others. <laughs> uh, certainly one of those comedies in the 90s. I like Kingpin, too. The Fairley Brothers were knocking it out in the 90s. Um, stuck on You. I, stuck on You is a sweet movie. I don't care what anyone says. I love Stuck on You. All the movies have a, little, a level of sweetness to them, but Stuck on You is such a sweet movie. I, I'm with you, man. I love Stuck on You. It's a great movie. Uh, I mean, Ger- no, it's not great. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Meryl Streep's in that movie for a reason, guys. Gerard, uh, Gerard has a first Charlie's Angels movie. Ryan has The Mask, The Mask, The Mask. Mike has The Mask. Is she it? Because this comes up again too. Is the ma- like she's not really in the ma- like she's in the mask, but she's it's not like she's doing anything in that movie, right? She's just kind of like eye candy. She's she's yeah. I think that she's just the eye candy one in that I, movie. I haven't watched the mask in a while, but I mean I like the mask quite a bit. But I I don't like <laughs> I don't think of that as a movie where Cameron Diaz like really sold us on Cameron Diaz. But whatever. 
all respect to the people that voted the mask. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sharon has, here I go with my two cents. I don't understand the dislike for her. I happen to like her, especially in In Her Shoes and The Holiday. Uh, mm-hmm. Linda has, I do too. I thought she was great in any given Sunday in Gangs of New York. Philip has, there's something about Mary. Bob writes, she was great as bus passenger in Minority Report. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, the mask. <laughs> Good. SpongeBob. Um, Adam has, there's something about Mary, any given Sunday in Bad Teacher. And Jason has the mask. Okay, like, I mean, we got a lot of hits on that one. A lot of people yeah. want to come out and stick up for Cameron Diaz. A lot of people are, yeah, well, the ones that aren't sticking up, you know, we're sitting in the shadows of being quiet. We don't want to get called out. <laughs> uh, we then ask your favorite decapitation scene in the movie. Uh, friend of the show, Robert James, writes, Remy never to invite you to my house. <laughs> <laughs> Joe writes, Dead alive with the lawnmower. Tammy writes, Ghost ship. Uh, Scott yeah. Butler writes, uh, Gladiator with the two swords, or Count Dooku in Revenge of the Sith, or Men in Black, Revenge of the Head scene. Uh, I remember the ghost ship one. I rem- that one's great. Everyone like, is, yeah, that one's like everyone a super gets... long, extended, like, yeah. there's a lot of chop. Sequence. There's a lot of capitations in that movie. <laughs> yes. It's great. I think it's the only part of ghost ship anyone remembers. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, check it out. It's like a five minute, like, blood I'm, su- I'm surprised that's not a short film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Corey uh, writes, The Omen had a great one, and yes, that one was pretty cool. Yes. With the, uh, Philip writes, uh, Aragorn at the Black Gate in Return of the King. And uh, Aaron writes, Sleepy Hollow. All of All them. All of them, yes. <laughs> uh, Bob writes, Dumb and Dumber. That's so funny to me. <laughs> the Dumb and Dumber decapitation. Oh. oh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones has a couple good yeah. ones. Yeah. One in particular that's hard to watch. <laughs> yes, that one. Dan writes, Is Indiana there? Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, Mary writes Braveheart in the Sterling battle scene. Uh, Early writes Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. I remember the cinema audience clapping when Aragorn beheads that Urukai. Um, we have next. We have favorite movie that gives you a good reason to believe to a good reason to believe getting involved with drugs is bad. Jose has Traffic. Robert James has uh, the Man with the Golden Arm and Scarface. Good choice, Man with the Golden Arm. Good choice. Uh, Joe Jans has less than zero. Mike put Scarface. April put Blow. Linda has Sid and Nancy. Another great choice. Adam has Train Spotting. William has Requiem for a Dream. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Philip has End of Watch. Jason killed me with Batman and Robin. Batman and, Robin. <laughs> and Joshua followed it up with Alice in Wonderland. Great reasons not to be getting involved with drugs. <laughs> right. Uh, and then we asked uh, which actor or actress wears a cowboy hat best. Uh, Graham writes, Sam Elliott in anything, which yeah. I will agree with. Uh, friend of the show, Maxwell Lee Haddad writes, before John Wayne, after Timothy Oliphant. Good choices. Uh, Robert writes, Wayne, of course. John Wayne. Um, John Wayne, right. Uh, Mike writes, Harrison Ford. Uh, yeah, he's really killing it in Cowboys and Aliens. That's your great. Besides John Wayne? Wait, do fedoras count? Uh, no. April writes, I'm going to need a moment. Magic Mike McConaughey picture. There's a picture of, uh, yeah, she put a picture of Matthew McConaughey and Magic Mike. Yeah. Uh, with the bongos? Uh, no, the one where he has a cowboy hat on. And then uh, Linda writes, uh, Deborah Wagner, uh, Deborah Winger in Urban Cowboy, and for a man, Paul Newman, any of his movies where he's donned a cowboy hat. Yeah. All right, uh, let's see. Next up, we had some quite. We asked people if they had any questions for us that we can answer on this show. Uh, this first one is from Scooter. How excited are you all for Las Vegas? Abe, you'll have to edit this part out. Hugh Scooter. Um, 
<laughs> but he's been on the show. <laughs> Moving on. Right. Uh, we asked, uh, what's one sequel that should have never been made? And I'll open that up for Liz and uh, Sean first. Oh, oh, God, it just came to me and then I lost it. Arthur 2 on the rocks. No, that, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's one that should have never been made though. What's uh staying alive. That's a no, good that answer. Staying alive. You got one that's better than that? Or? Yeah. All so right. A good day to die hard came to mind pretty quickly. Uh, oh no. Uh, it's never going to come back. Never. Um let's see. Quickly, let's let's reenact what you were doing so that we can Abe, get Do you have any answers? People <laughs> should have never been made. Beetlejuice part 2. Abe, do you have any real answers? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say I want to say Ninja Turtles three and two. Whoa, secret! You would take away Secret of the Ooze. Secret of the Ooze is fun, but I mean, yeah, like, you t- just said Secret of the Ooze is fun. Yeah, I mean, there's so many movies you could take away based on this question. You're going with the one oh. that's fun. Oh, Legally <laughs> Blonde two. Legally Blonde two is horrible. Red, white, and blonde. Miss Congeniality two, horrendous. Analyze that. Analyze that. Not so good. Analyze that. Yeah, that's a good one. Right. That is, re- yeah, Wait. Grown Ups two. Well, I didn't need um, Grown Ups 1, so... Yeah, who's not Grown Ups 1? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the next question. Who should be the lead in the new Walking Dead TV show, the new spinoff series? I know Michonne. Michonne should be in both of them. No, nah, no, can't be the characters from this Michonne series, Michonne should right? be her own series called Michonne, exclamation point. Why would I want a series that has no dialogue in it? <laughs> I just think watch Michonne on horses decapitate <laughs> zombies. It's <was> fantastic. <laughs> I did ask this because I know you guys are also fans of The Walking Dead. Yes. Yes. We love it. Well, not lately, but we used to love it. Oh, used to. Mm. I don't know. I think it's it's going to come back. Our, Bri- our love's going to come back. Brian Cranston. Ah. Yes. Brian that'd be Cranston that'd be pretty good. Shooting zombies. <laughs> um, then Jason asks, how do you guys feel about Horrible Bosses Part 2? Why? Like, I don't. Whatever. I hope that it's. Uh, I hope that it's okay. But uh, I, I did like part one and I laughed a lot. But yeah, really. I, like, I, I laughed. Know. I laughed at the first horrible bosses. I'm not sure what like. Just like how I'm not sure what other ter- territories to be explored in the how how hot tub time machine sequel. I'm not sure what else we could do with horrible bosses. But I mean, they just get more bosses and we do some jokes. <laughs> <laughs> more sexual harassment. Yes. Uh, Izzy has a question. More of like a, I just like getting Izzy's questions on here. Um, Izzy asks, lastly, SLC Punk 2, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> he is referring to the fact that he discovered that there is an SLC Punk 2 in the works. If anyone's not familiar, this is a film starring Matthew Lillard about punks in uh, Salt, uh, Salt Lake City. This is a good, I like SLC. Have you guys seen SLC Punk? No. No, not. It's a good movie. It's a, a it's one of those movies where, like, he it was coming out at the same time that Matthew Lillard was in every Freddie Prince Jr. movie, and so it was nice to see. <laughs> it was best friend, yeah. It was, it, it, which actually reminds me of call, another callback: The Bridge, the TV show is on FX. Um, yeah. That's a that's a better thing than The Counselor is, and very similar in ways. Um, oh, but um, SLC Punk, good movie, and he, Matthew Lillard was on The Bridge. That's why I mentioned that. Um, SLC Punk is a good movie. I really enjoyed that. And actually, I mean. Everyone that was involved in the first one seems to be coming back for this one, assuming it gets made. I don't know if it's been made or not, but I was because I didn't know about this until Izzy brought it up. Actually, so I did some research, and it it'd be neat to see what else one could say about it. It's basically about the punk scene in in Salt Lake City, and at a certain time, I can't forget if it's like a if it's like an eight like set in a certain time period. But it was an interesting movie, and I like Matthew Lord in it quite a bit. So I'd be 
be curious to see what else there is to say in this as opposed to horrible bosses too. I guess is what I'm getting <laughs> at. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's uh let's do a little box office here. Um, each week we go over the box office totals to find out if our previous predictions were anywhere close to what actually happened. Last week we seemed to be all over the place of what we were trying to predict, but Abe, do you remember what you actually uh, said? I actually, yeah, I, I really don't. <laughs> okay, well, you you predicted Jackass, uh, Bad Grandpa. As a number one? Would be number one with, um, I forgot quickies. How did I, di- I just realize this? We, we didn't, <laughs> I was actually going to bring that up after the show. But... We didn't do quickies at all. We'll do that after <laughs> box office now. <laughs> How did I forget quickies? I love doing that. No, no, no. We had so much fun up in the Nova Body segment. Um, you can leave that in or take it out. I don't care. Um, <laughs> you predicted thirty-three million for first place of Bad Grandpa. Okay. I predicted for the counselor. I think I said like twenty million for the counselor because I was getting too big for my bridges. Apparently, um, it looks like. Let's see. Matt said second place for the counselor, twenty-seven million. And Ken, I think, said first place for Gravity with $31 million. So, yeah, we were all over the map for sure. What happened? Jackass Bad Grandpa was in first place with $32 million. So, Abe was pretty close on that one. Mm. Wow. Uh, Gravity, second place, $20 million, Adding, it's, it's, it'll be a $200 million by tomorrow. Uh, it's a good for you, Gravity. Um, <laughs> Captain Phillips, third place, $11 million. The Counselor was in fourth place with $8 million this weekend. Probably because no one knew what the hell this movie was about going into it. <laughs> And that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, nothing. Escape plan, which I think is fun. Um, seventh place. Oh, it was uh, still top ten. Still top ten. Yeah, it's not out of there. A Twelve Years a Slave, which we will talk about eventually. Um, eighth place in an expanded release. Uh, makes making some money. Good for that. And yeah, all right. Let's move on. Cool. <laughs> the, the state's out of the top ten. That's what matters to me, Abe. Um, <laughs> What's next here? Let's do quickies now, since we forgot about this. Yep. Each week and out now, we try to talk about movies that are... <laughs> we talk about one movie of the week, but there's always other movies that we see during the week, so we have a segment called Out of Quickies. Tim? Liz, have you seen any other movies this week that you can talk about? Oh, um, I- I'm never ready. Um, what have we seen this week? Do you see anything I this think week? All I saw was oh, we watched concert. Unbearable Lightness of Bean at home. That's true. Which movie is that? Unbearable Lightness of Bean? It's from 88. It was directed by Philip Kaufman, starring Daniel, Daniel Day-Lewis. Day-Lewis. There it is. Okay, yeah, you know. I know. I never heard about that. Huh. It's, it's pretty wonderful. I, I loved it. That, so it had nothing to do with The Counselor, but it was a great movie. <laughs> Sean, did you have anything, or just those? I, that's all I saw. All I saw in the theater was The Counselor, I think. Mm. Um, I mean, Escape Plan, that was last week. I saw Escape Plan. Did you, did you like Escape Plan? It, kind of. <laughs> In a in a so bad it's good kind of way. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was quite enjoyable. I liked it because I I disliked in the Expendables movies. So I was happy that apparently you just need less of these guys and they make a better movie. That's what it seems to be. I like I thought Jim Caviezel was actually pretty fun. In he the was movie. yeah he was. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I no that was that was it. Bride of Chucky of course on uh, you know AMC Fear Fest. Can I can I I can't say anything about AMC well, can I? <laughs> And last last week we saw Blue is the Warmest Color. Blue is the Warmest Buddy, and yeah. Looking forward to that. Both both solid choices. Both have lesbian sex in them. Boom. Only one of them. Oh, only does. one. Only one of them. <laughs> Abe. Bride of Chucky has. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I haven't seen anything. Thank you. Okay. Done. Moving on. Um, I saw All Is Lost, which is fantastic. I. I we might do like an indie showcase show at some point and talk about All Is Lost among other movies as well, but All Is Lost is quite good. Robert Redford's pretty fantastic in that film. 
Um, and I saw Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa, which I enjoyed. I thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's as funny as Jackass 3D, which I thought was... I mean, like, the thing about Gra- Bad Grandpa is it has a narrative that goes through it, as opposed to just being random skits. And what's neat is, besides being funny, although not as frequently funny as previous Jackass movies, it's oddly sweet, which I was enjoying. I enjoyed that there's an oddly sweet film that came out of Jackass <laughs> Presents Bad Grandpa. It might have helped that Spike Jones was heavily involved in the writing, as he is the pretty much like the godfather of the of the Jackass series. If people don't know that, I did not know that he is. He's he's very much involved in the creation of Jackass. That's amazing. It is, um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. All right, okay. let's uh let's move, let's move. What time is it? Oh, Aaron, is it is it the time for games? <gasps> games. Games. That, that was <laughs> counselorific. Counselorific. This that week. is that is of course the heavily improvised theme for games. And I have a game this week, Gabe. It's a game we played before, actually, almost what? a year ago to this day. Game. Oh my god, a year ago. Yes, because it's called Everything Is Connected. Ah, ah. We played the Cloud this, Atlas. Everything. The Cloud Atlas game. Yes. All right. Brought it back. Uh, because there were so many stars in this film that have been connected by, in previous films as well. I'm going to basically lay out two actors, and you and you have to name the movie that I am talking about. It's, Yay! It's more yeah. of a it's more of a collaborative effort because we're just going to kind of bring it around in a circle here. So here we go. This I started off with an easy one. Here it is. Javier Bardem and Cormac McCarthy start er, were involved in this film together. No country for all men. That is correct. Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz were involved in this film together. Hmm. Yeah, I should know that. Uh. There is an os- the Oscar-winning role belongs to one of these people. Oh uh, yes, uh, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Vicky Cristina uh, Barcelona uh, is correct. Yeah. Penelope Cruz and Cameron Diaz were in this film together. Vanilla Sky. Vanilla Sky is the correct answer. Cameron Diaz and Tom Cruise were in this film together. Night and day. Night and, night and day is the correct answer. <laughs> Sky. They're <laughs> yes, they're because they're into Vanilla Sky together. Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt were in this film together. Oh, God. Why oh, Interview with that? the Vampire. Oh, interview God. Vampire. Ah. That's correct. And bringing that around, Brad Pitt was also in a Ridley Scott film. Thelma and Louise. Thelma nice. and Louise is correct. And Ridley Scott had worked with Michael Fassbender before on... Prometheus. Prometheus, correct. <laughs> uh, Prometheus starred Michael Fassbender... But also starring Michael Fassbender is 12 Years a Slave, which also stars... Brad Pitt. True. I said that backwards, but it worked out anyway. Brad Pitt <laughs> is featured in 12 Years a Slave with Scoot McNary. Scoot McNary and Brad Pitt have been in... Killing Them Softly. Killing Them Softly is correct. I'm glad I can say Scoot McNary and people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Brad Pitt was also with Michael Fassbender in another film. Three films with Michael Fassbender and Brad Pitt so far. Oh, huh. This is tough. It's a, it was a big Oscar contender. Big Oscar contender. Brad Pitt and Michael Fassbender. It was a period film. It involved fighting in a basement. What? He said Fight Club? I said fighting in a basement. That's not in a basement? Well, there's other movies that involve fighting. <laughs> <in a basement. laughs> I thought they went to a basement at some point. 
This film also features Mike Myers. The slasher? No, the comedian. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards is the correct answer. Oh. Oh. Yes, of course. Of course. Brad Pitt was also in a film with Ray Liotta. But Killing Them Softly. Correct. Ray Liotta was in a film with Penelope Cruz. Similar subject matter to The Counselor, which we've brought up so far on this podcast. The Banker. Was, she wasn't in Narc, was she? No. No, not in Narc. Based on a true story. Blow. Blow is the correct answer. Uh, and lastly, lastly, Penelope Cruz and Cormac McCarthy have been involved together in a film before. Mm. It also starred Matt Damon. All the pretty horses. All the pretty horses. Nice. Is the correct answer, and we that just is went full circle. That is how you play. Everything is connected. But I like that. I didn't hear Kevin Bacon mentioned once in all of that. <laughs> you know what? Here's this is the fun part of this game. I so I was I was trying to purposely not use Kevin Bacon, <laughs> and, I, and I got lost because I wanted to make the game a certain number of questions, but I got lost at a point where I was almost having to. I was like feeling like I had to resort to the Kevin Bacon card <laughs> because I couldn't figure out how to get to a certain place. And I was like, no, I'm gonna figure this out, and I did. <laughs> so that's why there's no Kevin Bacon in here. Nice. I literally and by the way, Penelope Cruz's Kevin Bacon number is two. Um, there's a Charlie Sarah connection. I don't need to get into that. You can just search it yourself on Google. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do what now. Presents what now. What's out now? These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray and DVD this week, and uh, here they are. First, just say here today if you like this movie. First up is Monsters University. Yay! Yay! Fun movie. Um, R.I.P.D. Nay. Yay! <laughs> Never saw it. That's a movie that happens. Um. Let's see. Does anyone see Byzantium? No. This is, I think this is the Neil Jordan. Um, Neil Jordan movie. Oh, yeah. Wow. The Jordan vampire it. film with. Uh... Oh, we were gonna see that. Remember, we were gonna see that. Yeah, yeah. You didn't want to go. It was a double feature with another vampire movie. That one. With, uh, that one with um, with uh, Til- Tilda Swinton and uh, Tom Hiddleston. That one. <laughs> it might have been that one. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't. Why is that funny? I can't think of what it was. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I like, they do look like vampires in real life. <laughs> yeah, I've heard true. good things about Byzantium, though, with uh, Saoirse Ronan and uh, Gemma Arterton. Yeah. I've heard good things about that one. What's the, what's the other one? Now, now i got to look that up. Cause I'm like, what is that? Because it was like, uh, who did it? Um, yeah. Um, what? This makes for great podcasting. Give me a oh. second. Ah, yeah. I'm filling in dead space. Do it. Only lover- <laughs> It's a Jim Jarmusch movie. Only Lovers Left Alive. That's oh, it's. right. I don't, yeah, I don't think it was that one, actually. But uh... No, it was something from the 80s. No, was it? Wasn't it like The Hunger and Byzantium double I feature? I think it was The Hunger. But... The Tony Scott film, The Hunger? Yeah. It was Everything something... is connected. <laughs> <laughs> Which starred Kevin Bacon? No, Kevin Bacon wasn't Damn in that. It. No, it wasn't. Well, you gotta look up it the... was in Tremors. But David Bowie, who reminds me of Michael Fassbender. I'm looking up the Bacon number for David Bowie right now. <laughs> David... Yes. Bacon number David uh, Bowie. I want to say three. It's two. Oh. Yeah. David, Bo- got- David Bowie and Gary Oldman and Basquiat. Gary Oldman and Kevin Bacon and Criminal Law. That's such an obscure thing. But wow. Was- I was thinking it would go through uh, Last Temptation of Christ. That's a good one to go through. Mm-hmm. There you go. Anyway, uh, lastly, not even a new movie, but The King of Comedy comes out on Blu-ray this week, and that's just a good movie. Classic. Oh, yeah. Arts Yay. Movie. Excellent. Nero. 
Sandra Bernhard. Uh, great movie. <laughs> directed by uh, Last Temptation of Christ director Martin Scorsese. So Every... everything is connected. Yes. There we go. All right. Let's get to... <laughs> Good job. Let's get to uh, what we're, talk... we're going to talk about next week. Next week's show, we're going to talk about Ender's Game. This is, of course, the film based off the very popular sci-fi novel by Orson Scott Card. And, um, yeah, that's happening next weekend. Mm. I can finally lay on my Harrison Ford alien impression. Ever since the aliens attacked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. I'll, I'll save that for next week. <laughs> we'll mix in lines from 42 as well. <laughs> A black player in baseball. <laughs> in space. In white baseball. Get off my field. Um, <laughs> Is anything else coming out with... Uh... Ender's game, Ender's game, of course. Last, last, oh my God, Las Vegas comes out. That's a movie that's happening. Yeah, thanks, Scooter. Uh, uh, what else? I think yeah, that has to be it. Um, okay. Wait, hold on. Wait, no, my bad. Freebirds comes out next weekend. Ooh. What? what? Freebirds? Oh, no. Wait, it does already. Okay. Animated Family Fun already. Man, all right. That talk about counter programming. When? Who did that movie? Relativity. Okay, I was like, why didn't I get a screening? Okay, <laughs> whatever. Um, oh, it's Monday. Ooh. Um, mm. Yeah. I uh, think I'm going to go with uh, Ender's Game first place, and I'll go with uh, I'll go with uh, 31.9. 31.9. That is a Thanks. weird bet. Okay. Uh, Sean, Liz, have any thoughts on gravity? What? Gravity to win forever. Gravity to win forever. <laughs> Go with Ender's Game. What do you think Ender's Game is going to do next weekend? I, I think it's going to do really well. I mean, it's yeah. a high-concept sci-fi film. I think that uh, in a miraculous comeback, the counselor is actually <laughs> making a... People are going to be like, oh, I get it now. I, I would probably go Ender's Game more like, uh, I'll say 42. Wait, what did Abe say? Abe said 30-something? 30 31.9. 42. Nice callback to Harrison Ford. There you go. Thank <laughs> you. Liz, I, I, don't, I think less than in my late twenties. I think because I don't think people really know how what to make of Ender's Game yet. Okay, Liz, twenty uh, something. Got it. <laughs> 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 I will say first place as well. I I'll go. Hmm. Harrison Ford and a lot of advertising. I'll I'll say I'll say, but all these book ones aren't huh. challenging, guys. This is a challenge. Oh. I'll say a nice thirty-seven. 37. 37. Whoa. Yeah. So there we go. It's a heavy turkey. It's it's a heavy turkey, all right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about Ender's Game next week. We are... I'll lay this out right now, actually. Uh, since people might want to know our November schedule, we're going to talk about Ender's Game next week. We're going to talk about um, Thor 2, still Thor, on, uh, <laughs> on the, 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 the week after that, obviously. Um, and then we were going to talk about Martin Scorsese's film, The Wolf of Wall Street, which I think we're all excited about because it's a new but... Martin Scorsese movie. But that movie has been removed to Christmas Day. I don't even know if that's official yet, but that's kind of it's moved to December, if not later. So instead of that, I think we're going to do our 12 Years a Slave show, which we're promising to do anyway. We're going to move that to a full episode as opposed to a bonus and so just do that for the 15th. Yeah. And then the weeks after that become really strange because I'm actually yes. not going to be here. I'm going to be on vacation for about two weeks. So Abe. So gonna you're going to be with me. Abe, yeah. Abe's <laughs> going to be manning the bases for a little bit at that point. So uh, All of them. Well, uh, we'll figure that out as the time gets there. But yeah, that's this our... This will be the first time I've ever gotten to third base. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean in the movie 42? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Asians in baseball? That's unheard of. 
there's a nice mini preview for what's coming up in November. But anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, but that's going to have to do it for this week's episode. Ah. I know. That's going to do it for this week's episode about Now, Theron, and Abe. You can find more of my work and my personal blog, thecodeisgeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at whysoblue.com for all my blue reviews, as well as at Twitter, at twitter.com slash Aaron's PS3, potentially changing to PS4. <laughs> Abe? You can, find, you can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. I was waiting for a hashtag. <laughs> hashtag Aaron's PS4. Liz, where can people find more of your work? Uh, you can find both of us at www.justseenit.com. And we both were involved in making bread and butter. And that website is breadandbuttermovie.com. So those are two cool places to find us. How's that? I meant to mention that. How's that going, by the way? we I mean, for for fans of the show that might know, Liz was we, – we involved ourselves in a Kickstarter campaign with Liz where we helped her – Raise the funds for for because you're awesome. Yes, Part, partially, not all of them. And we had and we had uh, we had made some friends in the process. We we had some some guests come on the show based on that Kickstarter campaign. But yeah, now Liz has you've you filmed this movie. How how are we doing? It's great. We are soft locked, which is a term that kind of exists, but not really. Um, but we're taking a pause from editing. We basically have picture picture semi locked, and we're doing rough color and rough mix. So we're 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 doing really well. It's about 89 minutes. And what's kind of crazy is that when you guys, um, one of the guests who pledged to be on your show, Stephen Gibbler, yep. was on your show once. He uh, turned out to be one of my producers. Like oh, he cool. oh. had so much fun on your show and we kept in touch and I approached him to be a producer and he helped produce the whole thing. So thanks wow. to you guys. You guys helped solidify that connection a little bit. Well, that's awesome. And we got to have... Yeah, just- have, have maybe, my dreams come true. Maybe we got to have Steven and you guys back on at some point to talk about something. Absolutely. That, that could be fun. Oh, good. Yeah. We actually, can't we've, wait. we've had Steven on, actually. We had him on again after the uh, Kickstarter. You know, Oz the Great and Powerful, I believe. Yay. He's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is there like a is there a Twitter or a web page for um, Bread and Butter? Uh, the Twitter's at Bread and Butter Movie, but I haven't really updated it for a while. <laughs> okay. It's been, editing and mixing and doing lots of crazy stuff um but people people can always find me actually our facebook page gets regular updates so if you look up bread and butter the movie on facebook you'll hear all about it and it's a movie just so you guys people out there should know bobby moynihan's in it um from saturday Night live eric SNL. Lang. sorry snl snl um eric lang from the bridge she was in the hey. big Big mm-hmm. role in this season's The Bridge is in it. Um, Lauren Lapkus, who's in Orange is the New Black, is in it. Um, Harry Groner, who is the mayor in Buffy and is a three-time Tony nominee, is in it. So we got and Christine Weatherup as our lead. And Sean Wright, who is sitting right next to me, is in it. You got him? What? <laughs> that not... guy goes for like $20 million per picture. Yeah, I know. And he, he lowered himself to do this film. Um, it was degrading in a way. It was way beneath him. <laughs> So we have a star-studded cast, and updates are at Bread and Butter Movie on Facebook. Awesome. Great. You can um, find all the other episodes about Now, Theron, and Abe on iTunes and Stitcher, as well as the HHWLOD.com. That is the podcast network that hosts our podcast, as well as other shows like the Walking Dead TV podcast and the other show that I host, the Ichapod Cranecast, the best-titled show that discusses episodes of Sleepy <laughs> Hollow on Fox. You can also find all of our episodes at outnow.podomatic.com, including exclusives such as our nights episodes, as well as Q and A's that we do around the neighborhood. Uh, check it out! Uh, check it out! Check us out over at YouTube.com/outnowpodcast, where we can find the main reviews of the week. Outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to email us there. Let us know your thoughts on Ridley Scott, The Counselor, whatever else, or you know how to just how to how to chat around with us, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> 
Interact with us over at facebook.com slash podcast where you can answer our questions. We'll answer yours, and we'll read them out here on the web. And twitter.com slash underscore podcast. You can follow our page there, and you can you know interact with us on Twitter. Help us get more followers. Uh, and also our latest endeavor out now podcast.tumblr.com where we can where we post our latest reviews as well as fun stuff we find around the internet. We are literally everywhere, guys. So <laughs> feel free to interact. We love interaction. We love getting you know listener feedback on the show. All that's fun. iTunes reviews and ratings really helps out the show. We'd really like to get more of those as well. But uh, yeah, that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Thank you, Liz and Sean, for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And um, yeah, next week we have Ender's Game. I really want it to be good. We'll see. But until next time, happy Halloween and so long. (laughs) Happy Halloween and goodbye. can't figure out where the bigotry comes in yeah, he, he oh. really masks it well <laughs> <laughs> nobody will defend to them yeah, and maybe so. i'm not looking close enough maybe yeah <laughs> i i didn't know about it until like this year when people were like you know that he's a huge racist oh, yeah, see, I, I knew this for a while but yeah it's like i was like i didn't know that now you've ruined hender's game for me it's such a it's such a like it's such an ostrich thing for me i just kind of stick my hand in the dirt when it comes to that because give it up so hypocritical when it comes to like mel gibson who i just don't have a desire to see in things <laughs> right. i'm fine with both of them people people talk about him they always bring up the race orson scott card Oh, was it was it recording? Because that was a. Good we one. are recording, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this this Orson Scott Card discussion is now going at the end. <laughs> <laughs>